Why all the yelling? Why all the lying? We're going to talk about Joe Biden and coronavirus. We're going to talk to Congressman Andy Biggs. And we have an awesome Light the Mood for you all. That's coming up on I'm Right. All across the country where you can get that booster shot. We've opened, (coughs) excuse me, we've opened FEMA vaccination sites in Washington State. He always sounds so tired and sick. I mean, <laughs> just all the time. Either he's coughing. Or, I, like, I don't mean to laugh. I hope the president honestly is in good health. I mean, who doesn't want that for the president of the United States? But he always sounds... <laughs> and if he's not coughing, he's doing this. I mean, I just don't... I don't... Uh, uh, it's just been a long day. <laughs> all right. Look, it's been a rough year, huh? If you're on the right, which you probably are if you're watching me right now, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year. Look, aren't you tired of all this? I just had this thought right before the show came on. Aren't you so tired of the United States of coronavirus? It's everything. It's all we hear about now. Vaccine, vaccine, COVID, new variant. Vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccinated. Coronavirus, coronavirus... Okay, uh, coronavirus is real. It kills people. It's not all we are. How do we let this happen to ourselves where this is, this is all we are now? It's all we've become. And over a virus, we'll never defeat. We know that now. Well, we've always known that. The, the same people like me were saying it in the very beginning. It's a virus. It's going to work its way through society. Protect as best we can. Treat it as best we can. Everyone's going to get it. Now they're all saying that. Now that Joe Biden hasn't defeated the virus as he campaigned on, now they're all saying that, and they're still pointing fingers, though. Joe Biden, he's still demonizing 40% of the American population. Folks who are not vaccinated, you may think you're putting only yourself at risk. But it's your choice. Your choice is not just a choice about you. It affects other people. You're putting other people at risk. Your loved ones, your friends, neighbors, strangers you run into. And your choice can be the difference between life or death. The longer the virus is around, the more likely variants form. that may be deadlier than the ones that have come before. Let me say again and again and again and again, please get vaccinated. It's the only responsible thing to do. Those who are not vaccinated are causing hospitals to overrun, become overrun again. Hospitals aren't overrun, and vaccinated people spread coronavirus just like unvaccinated people do. 80% of the current people with coronavirus in the UK are vaccinated. Vaccinated people spread and get coronavirus. This is something that has been well established. So if vaccinated people spread it and vaccinated people get it, then why does my vaccination status, whether I'm vaccinated or not, you know, I'm not, but whether I am or not, why does it affect anyone else? Why can't anyone give me an answer to this question? I've asked it repeatedly. Why do the vaccinated care 
about the vaccination status of anyone else. Why can no one seem to explain that to me? Do you not think the vaccine works? If you don't think it works, why'd you get it? If you think it works, why are you worried? I, I don't understand. And let's, let's go back to what the president said. This is all about the unvaccinated people. They're, they're destroying our hospitals. Did, can't you see? That's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie. And I don't remember a time, maybe there was, I don't remember a time in the history of the United States of America that a U.S. president felt so comfortable demonizing huge portions of the population repeatedly. Remember, this isn't a one-off. Maybe Joe had one too many last night, woke up a little, feeling a little rough today. Ah, oh, those unvaccinated suck. This has been a consistent message from the White House. 40% of the population, they're bad. They're evil. They're responsible for everything. That's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. And remember this, rhetoric costs people lives. Rhetoric is a big, big, big deal. I know you're going to say I'm crazy, and it sounds crazy. Here's the truth. There are people out there who get all their information from CNN. Now, that's not even taking a petty shot at CNN, but CNN is a full-blown communist propaganda network now. If you only watch CNN, you live in a world entirely of make-believe. And you believe rhetoric like this. And you believe the unvaccinated are overwhelming the hospitals and they might kill grandma. I got to do something about it. Rhetoric costs people lives. Rhetoric? Rhetoric. Well, there was a guy who shot up a GOP baseball game. I know the media doesn't want you to think about that. But a mass shooter showed up at a baseball game to kill a bunch of GOP congressmen. And they didn't just stumble across it, right? Oh, whoops, I tripped and fell. Oh, look, there's some congressman. I happen to have a gun. He went there to kill people, and he was a hardcore Bernie Sanders supporter who believed all these people were stopping the communist takeover of America. He believed all that rhetoric. It's a really, really, really big deal. And remember my sky is green theory. Um, I know you do, but my sky is green theory, how they, they can convince half the population of something that's completely not true, no matter what your eyes tell you. I love that Joe Biden steps up. This is a man who lies repeatedly, and yet he steps up and blames misinformation for people being unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are responsible for their own choices. But those choices have been fueled by dangerous misinformation on cable TV and social media. You know, these companies and personalities are making money by peddling lies and allowing misinformation that can kill their own customers and their own supporters. It's wrong. It's immoral. I call on the purveyors of these lies and misinformation to stop it. Stop it now. That's wrong. Didn't you know it's wrong to spread lies and misinformation? Don't you dare use your platform, however however big it may be, to spread lies and misinformation. You know, lies like vaccinated people don't spread coronavirus. Everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? So how about patriotism? 
How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? What about that? What's the big deal? Man, that sounds like dangerous misinformation from the platform of the president of the United States of America. It's wild how crazy this country has become, how far from the truth we've drifted. It's been an overused saying, but it's used so much now. We live in a post-truth society. We do. We do. It's gone. There, there is nothing more. Everything's all politics, all rhetoric, all the time. It's endless. I remember, Joe Biden just announced he's sending out 500 million coronavirus tests to American homes, which in and of itself is very weird. Why all the testing? If you're sick, get tested. If you're not sick, there's no need to get tested. Why all the tests? But setting that aside... Don't you remember? It was like 15 minutes ago, Jen Psaki was mocking a reporter for asking about this. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then, then, what, ha- then what happens if, you, if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? Ha <laughs> ha, you're so stupid. Oh, hey, by the way, that's a good idea. We're going to do that. This is another problem the White House currently faces right now. The White House has a severe tone problem because they're so out of touch. It's not a secret Joe Biden's extremely unpopular. But they don't seem to be able to connect with the American people at all. Everything's mocking. Everything's talking down to them. Everything's, don't question me. I'm your ruler. What's your problem? All of it is this. And look, let's remember, all this new testing, it's about Omicron. The CDC announced, you better go get your booster now because of Omicron. They put it in the official release, remember? Omicron. Omicron is a mild variant. It's been repeatedly described as a mild cold. Why the urgency? Why why is Joe Biden saying he was caught off guard by a new mild variant of coronavirus? What's your message to Americans who are trying to get tested now and who are not able to get tested and who are wondering what took so long to ramp up testing? Come on, what took so long? That's what I'm, I'm hearing that from people who are trying to get tested now before the holidays. Well, what took so long didn't take long at all. And let's talk about Joe for a second. You hear what I you hear what I talked about in the very beginning, right there. Remember how tired? What what took so long? He just sounds exhausted all the time. He goes from exhausted to yelling a lot. He was asked about Build Back Better, and remember before we unpack this, Build Back Better was really his one shot at getting all of his legislative goals through. He was just going to try to throw them all in one big bill and get that thing passed. The communists couldn't help themselves. They harassed Joe Manchin and his family until Joe Manchin said, okay, I've had enough. The answer is no, because communists simply can't help themselves. And Joe Biden, he does this thing now. I, I don't know whether he's just old, whether the brain is truly melting as badly as it looks, but every now and then he'll just start yelling in ways that seem odd just very out of place here's joe when asked about it
Look, president's not doing well. No, the Republican Party's obviously not in great shape, hasn't been for a long time. President's not doing well. Kamala Harris is even less popular than he is. We're facing a huge election loss, potential election loss for the Democrats in the midterms. Maybe 2022 ain't going to be so bad after all, huh? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Coming up next, we have Congressman Andy Biggs joining the show. But first, speaking of health, your health, let's talk about health insurance. It's no fun shopping for health insurance. Everyone knows this. It sucks. It's terrible. You got to call a thousand places. You got a million tabs open on your phone. It's terrible. Make one phone call. One phone call now to OneShare Health. They're a faith-based group, and they have a deal right now. When you go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly and use the promo code Jesse Kelly, you get 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. Plus, they give 5% of your monthly to veterans with PTSD. You don't have to shop around anymore. They have everything you need. Telehealth, vision, dental, whatever you need. Just go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. We'll be back. As I said before, I'll shut down the virus. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospital, they'll soon overwhelm. Well, that is quite an inspiring message from the President of the United States. Joining me now to talk about that, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona. Congressman, (laughs) I've never, honestly, setting coronavirus aside, I I don't remember a time in my life where I've heard the President speak down to so many Americans the way this administration consistently has. Whatever people think about vaccination or getting vaccinated, you're bad and you're bad and you're killing people. I've never seen a President talk like this. No, this is the great unifier, isn't he, Jesse? I mean, this this is the guy that said he was going to come in and unify the country. And instead, he and his administration have focused on dividing the nation constantly. And part of the way he does it is through condescension. And I think of it, how insulting is it to 330 million Americans that a guy who can barely get out of bed in the morning, doesn't know where he is half the time, is, is sucking down ice cream cones, is going to condescend to us. That's that's horrible. It is horrible. And honestly, how can you blame people who are completely skeptical of everything at this point in time? We had the president last week. I'm not going to play it now. I played a clip earlier in the show. I had the president last week saying uh, vaccinated people can't spread coronavirus. Well, that's a bald-faced lie. We've known that's a lie for a year. Of course, they can, of course they can spread it. So they just continue to lie, and then they'll contradict themselves, and then lie and contradict themselves, and then tell people like you and me we're idiots for not doing what they say. It blows me away. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like the con man. The con man thinks that, he's gonna, that you're going to keep believing them over and over and over again, and so they're going to go back to the well and try to victimize you over again. And, and right now... I think most Americans look at this guy as a con man and he's trying to victimize him. That's why 71% of, of people say they, they, they give him a disapproval rating. They don't want him. They don't want anybody in his administration uh, because we can't trust him. The, the one thing that is so imperative in politics is that, is that the, the people that give you the right and the authority, they delegate the authority to govern to you, 
well, you better be trustworthy. You better do what you say you're going to do. And this guy, uh, you know, we, he wasn't going to do any mandates at all. And now, now he's, he wants to basically lock down the whole country. But he's not really going to lock down the country. You know, I mean, the guy's just, he can't tell the truth. He's pathological. He is pathological. And I do have to ask, I've asked a million times, who's actually running things? Joe Biden has one event a day, maybe, and he sounds about half exhausted every time he does one of those events. Is it Ron Klain, Susan Rice, Jen Psaki? Is it a brain meld effort up there? Who's the one putting out this horrible messaging? Well, so so you got some Obama uh, leftovers in there, and you got Ron Klain, who really is kind of governing the, what the president's doing uh, as best he can. But right now, because the the there is no central leadership in the president, like you had with uh, even Obama was was centralized, uh, Trump was centralized, Clinton was even centralized. But the cabinet leaders, the secretaries of Homeland Security or or Treasury or whatever, they're controlling their sectors as if they're a little fiefdom and they're not really going to get input from uh, this president because the president is not capable of giving the meaningful input. So we just got a bunch of people out there flying blind because we don't have a functional president. That's great. That's great. Let's let's speaking of half functional. Here's Dr. Fauci about the definition of fully vaccinated about to change. Is the definition of fully vaccinated going to change to include boosters, Dr. Fauci? You know, it very well might. The semantics of what you're calling fully vaccinated or not for regulatory or requirement purposes doesn't avoid the fact that if you really want to be optimally protected, go get a boost. Congressman, I feel like the, the, the carrot is always being just snatched away at the last moment here. We've browbeat everyone in the country about getting vaccinated forever. Now you're not vaccinated anymore. anymore. You're not about to be vaccinated anymore. Even if you're vaccinated, you still have to worry about the unvaccinated, which someone's going to have to explain that to me. The, who is this clown? Well, he is, <laughs> Dr. Fauci is, he is Lucy and we're all Charlie Brown. We are the nation of Charlie Browns with ah. things. And, and, and he's going to move that ball anytime we're getting close to kicking it. And, and that's, that's where he is. And the other aspect, a little bit more serious is, is, is Orwellian in nature. He likes authority, likes power. Uh, I think, I think when history is written on this, he's going to be per perceived to be a villain uh, uh, and also the entire healthcare bureaucracy from the government, because they've they've best basically re removed the goalpost, moved the goalpost constantly. They they use a carrot and stick approach. They're trying to to manipulate Americans. But the problem with it is, is that Fauci has been wrong virtually every time he's turned around. And um, I cannot believe anybody is still listening to him. He should be he should be allowed to sit in a room by himself and talk to himself because nobody should be listening to this guy. You mentioned carrot and stick, and i got to be honest, that's something that has really bugged me, and it's not just been Joe Biden. It's been across the country. It's been in cities, guys like de Blasio. It's been across the country. Politicians now seem more comfortable threatening us with the stick than at any time I can remember. Talking down to us, you can work. I'll take away your ability to enjoy life. You can since when did American politicians get comfortable speaking to us in this way? Since Americans let them get comfortable. Americans yeah. could not believe it. I, when they went to a mask mandate and when they went to a two-week lockdown, 
I said, this is this is the beginning uh, of, of, of fascism in a way that we've never seen in this country. I could not believe how quickly Americans acquiesced to this, and they did. And so these politicians that have power or think they have power uh, are now abusing it full scale, and it's really embarrassing, but it's more than embarrassing. It's oppressive, and it'll continue to be oppressive until Americans fight back. You see, uh, Jesse, you see this, what's happening in Europe. These, these, there are nations that I thought would be much more acquiescent than ours, where the rank and file person is out there, they're in the streets, they are protesting with tens of thousands of people, and we're not doing that in the United States of America. Oh, that is sad. All right, finally, I, we are actually not the United States of coronavirus. We have other issues in this country. We just caught a potential terrorist from Yemen crossing the border, of course, in Arizona. It's a popular place to cross. How long, how long can we have a completely unsecured border here, Congressman? We're coming up on a year, and it it's, doesn't appear to be getting any better. It's not going to get any better. You know, we, we, we'll, we'll finish the year with 2 million um, uh, people entering our country illegally, more than that, actually. Uh, we just don't know the amount because we, don't, we will have uh, captured quite a few, apprehended quite a few. But the reality is it's going to be worse next year, I believe. Uh, because all incentives are are remaining there. And I'm really nervous about this. I talked to some of my congressional colleagues. We're trying to push to get something done from this administration to stop this. But I am really nervous that a terrorist event is going to happen in this country because I know, I know from from uh, the folks I've talked to that, that, that have these figures, we are looking at, um, uh, I think it's three or four times the, the highest ever uh, number of apprehensions from the domestic terrorist from the terrorist watch list. That's a problem for us because we don't know. We we don't know what we don't know, and there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who are coming into this country that we don't know who they are, and even the people who we apprehend, we're releasing hundreds of thousands of those people into the country, and we don't know what any of their intentions are, and that is very very dangerous, and. Uh, I am worried about a, a future uh, uh, terrorist type event in the country because of this administration's abject failure to control our border. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I hope you're wrong, but I think you're probably right. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. Joining me next, my friend, former counterterrorism officer Drew Berquist joins us. But first... Tis the season to add up some bills, sit down, analyze where you are, and maybe you're sitting down. Maybe it's the first time in your life. Maybe you've been there for years. Maybe you're buried in debt. Pick your number, whatever. If you're $10,000 or more in debt, you're buried in debt. I don't care if it's 50. I don't care if it's 100. You know you don't have to live that way. Total financial freedom has been helping people out just like you for a long time. And one of my favorite things about them is there's no judgment. There's no making you feel bad. You feel bad enough. Yeah, who wants to make that phone call? Oh, I'm buried in debt. I screwed something up. No one wants to make that phone call. They've heard it all before. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're just going to help you. Call 877-332-8291. Make sure you mention Jesse Kelly. They'll take special care of you. 877-332-8291. We'll be back with Drew Berquist. Thank <laughs> you. 
Joining me now is my friend Drew Berquist. He is the host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. He's also a former counterterrorism officer. Drew, I love this, buddy. We have new military guidelines from the Pentagon prohibiting military personnel from participating in extremist activities. Those include things like posting, liking, or sharing, otherwise distributing content that supports extremist activities. Now, Drew, that sounds fine, except I think your definition and my definition of extremist and their definition of extremist might be a touch different. Yeah, just a touch, and thanks for having me, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, this, look, it's a moving target, right? Every time we hear the government, the military now talk about extremists, domestic violence, or domestic extremism, excuse me, all of these terms, it continues to change as long as they are able to, because they, the goal, of course, is to expand that, that, that definition so they can put everyone who's in opposition to them in that category. And what's insane about it is I was reading a report earlier this week and, and it was talking about kind of their mindset behind why they did this. They said, look, we only have some cases, but we're concerned about it. They, they mentioned 100 known people that they were tracking. We're talking about 100 people who probably, if we're being fair, aren't actually in that extremist category. 100 people out of over 2 million act, active duty and reserve military members. I don't, that's like essentially zero. Drew, how am I supposed to take this as anything other than an attempt to purge all right-wing thought from the military? I mean, that is what it is, right? 100%. That's exactly how you should take it because it's exactly what it is. This is an old playbook, an old play from the communist playbook. They want to get rid of all the meat eaters, the type, type A alpha males, the people who signed up because they want to kill our enemies, and they want people who are just willing to comply with whatever they say, enforce ridiculous mandates, ridiculous rules, whether they're social justice related, whether they're political, whatever the case might be, they want people who are compliant and will just say, yes, sir, bend the knee and do it. Drew, I despise officers. I've never uh, held back on that. In general, I think most of them are completely useless. However, I'm not naive. There are some real lions out there. Historically, there have been some wonderful officers. I actually had one or two myself I'd lay down and die for to this day. So I'm assuming there are still some generals and admirals out there in the service or just left who really are patriots like yourself who would fight and die for this country. Why so silent, Drew? Why don't I hear anything? You know, I think that's a good question, and I think you're right. There are. I, I Look, there's there's plenty. The people I've worked with in the military, you know, being detached and, and detailed to them from the intel community, the folks in the intel community who are also leadership, you have lots of lemons there. You have lots of folks who are careerists. They care about themselves, much like politicians, not actually the mission or, in the case of the politicians, uh, their constituents. But, but there are some amazing ones too. And I think that the reason they're silent and, and, and I'm, I'm speculating here, but it's, a, it's obviously a tough climate. And right now, because so many people are so unwilling to stand up and say something because they're scared of their own livelihood, they're scared of losing their job, whatever the case might be, uh, they're just not wanting to do it because there's not the masses there. So it's like, there are a ton of people who are like, this is awful, we've got to push back. But then they also are like, but I'm not going to, maybe you guys will. And I think that there's probably a lot of them in that category who are, who are whether they should be or not, probably just waiting. Yeah, waiting for what, Drew? I, I, I guess, look, maybe... Maybe I'm out of bounds on this, and I understand uh, people have pensions, and if you're a general, and you want to be able to pay the bills, and I, I, I get all that. 
But man alive, we're at a time where the FBI is going in a dangerous direction. CIA, military, these things are going in a dangerous direction and we're losing the patriots we have in there. Now's the time to speak, not in, not 10 years from now when they're all gone. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and I think the problem is, is, is there's a distinction. Look, I know for myself, there's words and there's action. I hate just just saying stuff. I want to do stuff. And and if, if things get aggressive, things get violent, it just goes full speed. There's no stopping. So I think that there's people who are these type A meat eaters who are like, okay, I have an on switch and an off switch, and I'm waiting to flip it on, and I'm not justifying them waiting to flip it on. But right now, because of the things you just mentioned, because of the way the FBI is doing things, because of the way my former employer um, is, is doing things, the Pentagon is doing things, the, the 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 rare few that are that have the balls to speak out and say something are are being chased down and or locked up because of their opposing views and I think because there's not the masses if they, if they and I'm not calling for just a straight up you know uprising uh, but it's going to take something right. like that to push back against these people and I think that's the problem is there's a gap between full on revolution and speak your mind and people are kind of lost in the abyss and that's probably why we're seeing a lot of people remain you know, mum is the word on this, which is not the play. Well, it's not all bad news, Drew. It came out yesterday. The Air Force is focusing on having greater respect for people's pronouns. And now you can use your preferred pronouns on your official email signature in the airport, in the Air Force. Drew, I have to imagine China and Russia are just simply licking their chops as they watch us go completely nutso over here. Oh, my gosh, Yes. And look, you've you've said it too. It's not surprising coming from the Air Force. There's amazing people there. The combat controllers, the combat airmen, you know, the the PJs are all awesome. I've worked with a lot of them. They're they're killer. But the rest of the people signed up for the golf membership, and it's just that's it fits that service. But you've got absolutely our enemies, not just because of this, but because of everything we're doing on a geopolitical level, all of our foreign policy, who are saying, hey. We, we're in a really good spot here. What do we want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's just make a list and let's do it. Drew, how capable is Russia? We talk a lot about China. We don't talk enough about Russia, but they're always a global player, have always been a global player. How, what is their capability now? I think it's still really strong. I think it's understated. I think that people underestimate where they are because their economy was ravished over the last several decades here. Lots of things have gone against them. But they've remained very aggressive with with their actions in terms of their special operations, their intelligence operations. They do what they want, and they particularly do what they want. And you know, look, are they America? No, but but are they a very strong foe? Yes. And when we have leadership like we have right now, and leadership's a funny word to use because it's it's non-existent. And I saw this under the eight years with Obama. Putin is a baller in the sense where I'm. He, obviously, he's our enemy, but when he sees weakness, he strikes. So. So they, they're strong enough to make some serious gains and continue to cause a huge threat. And God forbid them and China come together on something. Uh, it's it's bad news. So I, I think it's something that has to be taken very seriously. Are they as big of a threat as China is right now? Maybe not, but they're darn close. Drew, uh, came out yesterday, China is already going to be doing some mining in Afghanistan, partnering with the Taliban. Would you please explain that dynamic there? China and the Taliban seems like an odd fit to most people, but you were there. What is? What are they doing? Yeah, well, I mean, look, China, this is what they do all over the globe. They they mine for, for rare earth minerals, for lithium, you name it. They want the minerals, they want the, the money, they want the power and the influence that comes with that. So they're not 
you know, a likely tandem uh, for sure. And in fact, they want in Xinjiang, you know, the province uh, in, in northeast Afghanistan, they want that border buttoned up. They don't want Taliban and other foreign fighters coming across there or causing any concerns there. But because they want those those minerals and those, you know, all the different rights to it there, they're willing to say, hey, look, we'll overlook you killing Americans for all these decades. We'll overlook you even killing some of our people. We'll overlook pretty much anything and even give you weapons, supplies. We'll even give you infrastructure help with, with roads and you name it, as long as you stay the heck out of the way and let us have what we want here. This can be a rather symbiotic relationship. So it's it's very one-sided uh, in, in a lot of ways for the for the Chinese, but but the Taliban don't mind because they don't care about that stuff. They don't know what to do with it. So so it works out really well in in, in both ways, and it makes it tough for us to do anything in that country because China's going to have a lot of influence. Rare earth minerals, like what? What do these things do? The rare earth minerals. Look, I'm no geologist. I don't even know if geologist is the right term. I'm an intelligence officer, and I'm not that intelligent, but. But they, it's it's stuff that you use in cell phones. It's stuff that you use in batteries. It's it's ah. tons of these 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 elements that they use for. Obviously, they build everything over there. Um, so it's 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 a lot of those that go into electronic components um, and in devices that we all use around the globe. Drew Berkowitz, thank you so much, my brother. I appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me. Our guest coming up next got cut off in a little bit of a testy exchange with scumbag Senator Dick Durbin. I'm looking forward to asking him about that. But first, did you watch the new Soros special yet? Did you watch Breaking Fauci? That's Mike, Mike Slater's new special. You have to go to the firsttv.com slash support and sign up to become a supporter of the first. And then you can watch all our specials, everything we put out on demand. I told you when I started telling you about becoming a First TV supporter, you'd have access to things other people don't get. Well, you do. The firsttv.com slash support. Go sign up. We'll be back. But frankly, nothing could capture the breadth of this problem better than one recent yet fairly common example that should infuriate every person in this room. Ms. Swear, I read your testimony, uh, and I believe in all fairness, since we did not invite the Cook County State's Attorney's Office to be represented here today, uh, that you shouldn't really zero in on any particular individual. If you want to speak to the trends, that's certainly your right, but uh, because uh, that decision was made by the committee to keep this more at the federal level. I hope you'll respect that. Okay. That was Senator Dick Durbin. Joining me now is legal fellow at Heritage Foundation, Amy Swearer. Amy, I mean, you're not going to be censored on this show. What were you trying to get out there before Senator Durbin cut you off? Well, it wasn't anything new or surprising. I actually wanted to go through a very well-publicized uh, example of a specific example of, of how progressive prosecutors in Chicago have, you know, have made this habit of letting violent criminals off the hook. Um, so it was really just a story about how earlier this year uh, there was a, a very large gang shootout, uh, gang-related shootout in a very residential neighborhood in Chicago. Almost immediately, five individuals were arrested uh, for, you know, again, the shootout where I think over 70 rounds were fired uh, into these houses. That was on a Friday. By Sunday, all five of those suspects had been released, not just on bail, but without a single charge 
pending. Uh, and I think some of the explanations given by local prosecutors uh, were, were frankly absurd. Uh, things like, oh, it was mutual combat, which one, that's not how that works. And two, you know, it, what are you essentially telling the people of Chicago? Well, it's that's fine. It was just a bunch of gang members shooting at each other. No big deal. Who really cares? We don't have to hold them accountable. That's what was cut off. Amy, uh, now this may be the wrong question to ask, but I'm genuinely curious. We've seen Chicago murder numbers, shooting numbers, be at Juarez levels for years, mm -hmm. years. And Chicago is a major city and an awesome city, frankly, when you get in cool parts of it. It's borderline odd that it is a war zone in parts of it. Has anyone ever been able to really, just all politics aside, drill down and figure out why? Why Chicago? Well, I, I mean, there are certainly a number of factors you could point to. I, th I think we need to start with the premise that violent crime is is very complicated. Um, but I will say this, it wasn't too long ago, just a couple years ago, that, that Chicago hit record lows in terms of homicides. And we need to look at this question of what has changed in the last couple of years. And I think one of the things that is, is very clear is the role that these progressive, prosecution, uh, progressive prosecutors have played in sort of facilitating uh, this feeling amongst criminals that, well, we can do whatever we want, and there's very little chance of of us getting caught, much less getting punished for it. Um, and I think that's been a serious problem both in Chicago and in a, a number of other cities around this nation. I have a little clip of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot I want to play for you now requesting federal help. I have formally asked the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, to, with all delivered haste, detail ATF agents to Chicago for six months so that we can increase the number of gun investigations and seizures in Chicago. And with these agents, we also need increased federal prosecutors to handle the new cases that will be generated. Okay, I, I do have to ask, Amy, why now? Was this just a standard Democrat talking point? Help us come get the guns. But uh, I mean, Chicago's been bad for a while. They're turning criminals loose, yet requesting the ATF. Sorry, something's not adding up here for me. Well, I think the missing factor might be maybe you do need some federal prosecutions if local prosecutors won't prosecute crimes at a state and local level. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it does seem to be uh, sort of this attempt to, to place the blame on it, the feds and federal prosecutors and, oh, well, the ATF needs to do a better job here. But, you know, again, the reality is you look at where most uh, most crimes are committed where most people are arrested. It's at that state and local level where those decisions are being made. And those are the people who have to be held accountable. You know, why are prosecutions so low? Why are these individuals out on the street to begin with? Um, that's not the federal government's fault. Um, that, that's the fault of, of local officials. Amy, why are they so low? We got 12 cities who've broken homicide records. Our, our major cities are breaking homicide, the homicide records. Why aren't we keeping bad guys locked away? What is going on? What are we missing? Uh, well, so this, again, has been uh, part of a 
a several years now of, of what's called this this progressive prosecutor uh, movement to prosecutors who have come in and said, look, we're going to stop prosecuting certain quote unquote lower level offenses. We're going to try to release as many people as possible on uh, in, in out on bail uh, while they're while their charges are pending. And they'll say, oh, well, you know, we put them out on on ankle monitors. You know, we're, we're keeping track of them. But the reality is, I think that the studies, when you look at this, at least when the studies don't fudge the numbers, it's very clear that a, a significant number of these people, some of whom are, are violent offenders. I mean, you look at in Chicago, some of the people being released, they are in fact violent offenders being released on bail, on gun charges, who then continue to go on and harm members of that community. Amy, the Second Amendment, something obviously I hold near and dear to my heart, especially when we talk about the crime numbers and how bad things are getting out there. It's a crazy world. Was it a good year or a bad year, 2021, for the Second Amendment? Well, I think in many respects, the Second Amendment is uh, not just 2021, but 2020 before that. I think it's seeing a bit of a resurgence. Um, you know, on the one hand, you do have rising numbers of, of gun violence offenses, uh, rising numbers of homicides, but you've also seen record numbers of Americans choosing for the first time to exercise their Second Amendment rights. Um, something to the effect of uh, the latest numbers I've seen are 12 million first-time gun owners over the last year and a half, two years, uh, which is unprecedented. Um, and I think that's a good thing for the Second Amendment. Uh, what it tells us is that we have large numbers of people joining the ranks of gun owners who are suddenly invested in their own security, who are taking that seriously. And I think that shows in, in some of the, the record low numbers in, in recent uh, surveys in terms of people who favor new restrictions on the Second Amendment right. Good. Amy Swear, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, coming up next, we got light in the mood. Wait till you see this guy rock a fiddle. It's beautiful. Hang on. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And I'll tell you, I've always loved that great song by John Denver, Country Roads. You probably know the song. Just the fact that I just brought it up probably has you singing it in your head. The world has so many talented people in it. And the internet is really as bad as it can be sometimes. It gives you a window into how many talented people there are out there. If you'd asked me yesterday morning, could you ever improve on the song Country Roads? I would have said, no, that song is perfect. I love it. Who doesn't sing it in the car? It's wonderful. And then I saw this guy and daggone, he did. Hey, you're probably wondering why this song was never recorded with a fiddle. But I'm going to add it right now. This is Country Roads. Shout out to West Virginia. West Virginia. This is by John Denver. Fill a boat on the strings. Blue Ridge Mountains. Let's go. Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the creek. Younger than the mountains. Growing like a breeze. Country road. Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia. Love and mama. 
That was awesome. All right. I'll see you.